2020, a year that will be remembered for all the insane challenges and conflicts that so many people have faced. It seems that every month, a new challenge arises or some new conflict breaks out. On May 25th of 2020, a very, very serious issue would break out that would cause the nation to split even further than it already was. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, who was a 46-year-old African-American man, died following his arrest and restraint handcuffed on the phone at the hand of the Minneapolis Police Department. Eyewitness videos showed that Officer Derek Michael Chauvin kneeling on Floyd's neck went all over social media. It would seem that all throughout the country, different ideas would be exposed to what really happened, what should be the ideas for justice, what needed to take place now. But today, we're not really sure. Hi, I'm Gavin Onchondo, and today on Forensics Files, we're going to be analyzing the case of George Floyd and how autopsies played a part in revealing the truth. To start off the case, let's look at the word autopsy. Autopsy means see for yourself, but sometimes autopsies don't exactly show you everything that you need to see. In fact, sometimes a pathologist can't accurately determine the cause of death and the manner of death by looking at just the findings alone. Many people at this time started looking up the different findings that autopsies had proven, medical examiners put out there, and that the news would show us all. However, it's possible that you can't even accurately determine the cause of death and manner by looking at the findings because there are several ways to kill people without causing devastating injury to those organs. Asphyxia being one of those, if you do it from the neck and chest compression, it won't show up on the organs, which is why George Floyd's became so complicated. Now, the Washington Post has video from a restaurant pointed at the street that would show the interaction between George Floyd and the police. In it, you can see two officers approach him. One talks to Floyd for over two minutes before he tries to remove him from his vehicle. There's a brief struggle with the officers, and they appears to nearly collapse soon after after they start walking him to the car he you can tell it's very obvious that floyd's stride is uneven he's talking to the officer and they appear to continue on the dialogue as he assists him in sitting down against the wall he makes some notes in his notepad and the officer soon lifts him back up to his feet pulling up on his arms which causes him to grimace and turn his face toward the officer as he starts walking off again his stride and pace is uneven as the two officers struggle to help him walk. As he finally reaches the patrol vehicle, he falls to the ground for a moment. The fact that he appears to be talking shows that he is able to engage in dialogue, and his struggle and stride suggest that he may have been under some sort of influence of alcohol or some drug that could have influenced his balance. The obvious grimace is suggesting that the cuffs are too on too tight and that he's suffering some sort of pain during the encounter. However, with all this going on, you don't see someone who suffers from some sort of excited state which drugs can cause. He's not extremely agitated. He's not doing anything unreasonable. And he also seems to be communicating pretty clearly in their conversations. 
which was all this would suggest that he's not on something. Now, a video from a bystander was also posted and shows another perspective. It shows three police officers kneeling on Floyd while another stands on his head. They appear to be exerting pressure on his neck, torso, and his arm, which was still handcuffed, and his legs. Pressure on the torso can limit chest rise, and added pressure on other parts of the body can decrease cardiac return. Now, looking at this longer, unedited version that another bystander put on Facebook, the first thing that many people pointed out was Floyd repeatedly saying, I cannot breathe. It was almost a cry for help, a plea even. Now, it's actually proven that EMS and police are sometimes trained that anyone who says, I can't breathe, must be lying. And many people know the phrase, well, if you're able to speak, you must be able to breathe. However, this phrase is not true. And there are many reasons why people may be able to say, I can't breathe, and still be in medical distress. These reasons include increasing fatigue of respiratory muscles, blockage of pulmonary blood flow, incomplete airway obstruction, and many other different things which would cause the sensation of shortness of breath. Now, at the start of the video, he already appears to have lost bladder function, which can be a sign of medical distress. He specifically mentions that the knee on the back of his neck is hurting him, and you can tell that he's grunting and screaming in the sounds of death, not in the sounds of like an excited delirium that what you would see with drugs. Now, and the video starts, the officer already has his neck pressed back into Floyd's neck or his knee pressed onto Floyd's neck. And you can see that the pressure being applied is pretty serious and can block the carotid arteries and the jugular veins. Now he starts to seem unresponsive by closing his eyes, stops talking, and his face is still. Now, it wasn't till almost 6.58 that an officer checks his pulse. He had become unresponsive at 4.01. So almost three hours before they started noticing anything serious. His knee doesn't come off Floyd's neck until 7.55. Now, the district attorney in this case started the autopsy. This is where things get kind of odd. Floyd has two different autopsies done. In the first one, the district attorney's charging documents say, The autopsy revealed no physical findings that support a diagnosis of traumatic asphyxia or strangulation and that Floyd had underlying health conditions that included coronary artery disease and hypertensive heart disease. The combined effects of Floyd being restrained by the police, his underlying health conditions, and any potential intoxicants in the system likely contributed to his death. In contrast, the medical examiner's first press release stated that the cause and manner of death is still currently pending further testing. An odd difference is that you would have here. However, it's not uncommon that you see differing information when it comes to autopsy results when it comes to who people are putting out in the news however headlines will usually run with whatever story sells best it also seems that the ones put out by michael bade and md did an independent 
autopsy were also incorrect. He did a independent autopsy by the services of Floyd's family. However, he was not an independent auto- like autopsy performer on his own at the time. When it comes to a medical examiner, they usually do it by taxpayer money and the state pays for it. And they're an independent agency. However, when it came to an independent autopsy, the family pays for it and they do their own findings. Now, most of these findings, like when it comes to legal in the case of the state, they can repress information in a court. However, it's up to them whether or not it helps their client. A bigger issue that comes with the second autopsy is that it's always fraught with problems. The process of performing the first autopsy causes what many call an autopsy artifact. Things that are already done that you can't undo. Things that when you go back in, you see severed blood vessels, dissected organs, and even broken bones. With these things present, it's hard to really tell what was going on from the very beginning. The second autopsy pathologist might not be able to distinguish from an inflicted injury to one that was caused during the original autopsy. With all this going on, it's hard to tell what really may have happened. You know, it could have been very easily misunderstood between, you know, what caused, you know, broken bones or anything like that. It was very easy for such a serious case to get messed up. Overall, I think that all these things that happened just became a huge mess. Because, I mean, following a press conference on June 1st, we even see the second autopsy. Bade admits that portions of Floyd's organs were missing and that he didn't even have access to the results from the toxicology testing. There were many different reports that would come out, different autopsy reports from different people saying different things. Basically, different news stations with whatever side they were on and the whole ordeal put out different information. And essentially, nowadays, it's up for anybody to really take away what they want to believe. You know, in a year that's already full of so many different issues, you know, with racial tension, natural disasters, a pandemic, it would seem that George Floyd's death was just a huge part of it. So many people wanted to see justice. So many people wanted to see change. But the only issue is so many people wanted these things, but they wanted different ideas of justice. So they wanted different spectrums of solutions you know this case will be something that many people remember as you know George Floyd has become somewhat of a hero or the poster for different movements but it's very interesting to look at the different autopsy results and how what we're going through now as a country may have affected all that but this case will definitely go down as one that'll be remembered for a long long time